What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino and Resort. Good times are less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Laura? So you guys know I'm huge on community. I love shouting out people that are doing good in the community. So I wanted to shout out Sheen Way School of Cultural Center in South LA. They have a like mobile bakery that goes around and provides delicious baked goods for the community to enjoy and even dogs. But that's not the cool thing. The cool thing is that high school and elementary kids are the ones that own part of this bakery. So they're learning. I know, right? So they're learning branding, how to run their own business, how to be entrepreneurs. And the whole basis of it is that they want these kids that don't really have the schooling or the background to be entrepreneurs, that they get that exposure. So they're like, hey, I don't have to do this that we've been taught forever. We can do other things. So I really love that. I was like, I need to shout them out. That's super cool. That is super cool. Mm -hmm. Shout out to them. I love stories like that. Anytime you can take a kid and teach them, here's the here's the deal. You don't have to grow up and get a job, but you can grow up and have your own business. And if if we taught kids, um, and myself included, my children included, if we taught everybody just a little ounce of entrepreneurialism. I don't know about you guys, man. When I was a kid, I cut the neighbor's lawns. I washed the neighbor's cars. I did anything I could do to scrape a couple bucks together, you know? And you grow up at 30 years later and you're like, wow, I was really, um, I was an entrepreneur at 17. I didn't even know it, you know? And I think that, that we should be teaching this to more kids that it's not just about getting through school and finding a job. It's about finding a passion and then a business. I love that stuff. That's cool, man. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Finding a passion is the most important thing, uh, I think, in life. If you can find that and you can, you know, attach that to whatever it is you do for a living, it's only going to be uh, a lot easier uh, on the days. Because every job has hard days. <laughs> um, but it's only going to be easier for you moving forward because you enjoy what you actually do. I would say that when it comes to young people and being entrepreneurs, I would say they always have been entrepreneurs. Um, it's great that this is another opportunity, but Cap, I was a drug dealer, man. That's an entrepreneur, LZ, no and question about it. That's an entrepreneur, man, 100%. I was not the only one. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I mean, I know it's not traditional, but you learn the same skill sets. No doubt. No doubt. Like, for example, how am I going to make some money? Okay, how am I going to move some merchandise? I mean, look, it's all the same stuff. I mean, it really it's all is. all the same stuff. It's just... You know, when I was doing it, it was illegal. Now yeah. it's, you know, it's in strip malls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about back in the day, Are we talking like dime bags? What are we talking here? I think I pretty much just insinuated since, you know, you, they're in strip malls now. There's only yeah. right. one drug yeah, that exactly. can be transferred over. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. That is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe. Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong line. Used to saying that one. Brought to you by Morongo <laughs> Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. And it is actually less than 90 minutes from wherever Have you guys are. seen this question that's been floating around on the internet? Which one? What no, are your top question. five movies you're confident you've seen at least five, 10 times? Yeah, I have seen that. Yes. When I saw Jamel Hill put Tommy Boy in her top five. Ooh, <laughs> really? I was a, I was a little. I got to call my girl up. Got to call sis and see what's up with that. I, I did not see her having Tommy Boy in her top five. Yeah, I've seen it like a couple times, but not that many times. Not me. It's impressive. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, wow. She got a good I list. Mean, Coming to Pulp America's Fiction. number one, Friday, Shawshank Redemption, 
Tommy Boy, and Godfather. Okay, so for me, it's five, you said? Oh, five, yep. Pulp Fiction, Coming to America, The Dark Knight, um, Silence of the Lambs, and I'm trying to think what would it be. And The Godfather I've seen a bazillion times for sure. Two of mine on that list that are similar to yours, George. Pulp Fiction and Coming to America are, are staples for me. Fast Times at Ridgemont High is another one. Um, Stripes is another one. And I feel like I'm missing one. I feel like I only got four here. But, yeah, I mean, I'm uh, Goodfellas. Goodfellas is right there, a mobster movie. So, yeah, two of the five I got on my list as well. LZ, what do you got for five? I think you just put Star Wars movies or just Marvel movies. <laughs> like, right. I've seen so many movies more than ten times that it's almost impossible for me to limit to just five. Like a lot of movies. I've seen The Notebook maybe a hundred times. We were talking about that last week, actually. The we were. I'm still crying from the first time I saw it. So it, imagine it how I the felt anniversary about the other 99. of the notebook. Um, speaking of crying, Greg, are you are you crying about uh, Trevor Bauer's spin rate going down? No, not. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, he is. If you actually look at his numbers from what he's done, I know you were going into his K rate and K per walk and all that other stuff, but he's still got a below three ERA. Uh, he's still getting ten strikeouts Overall. a game. Overall, yeah, overall, but he's still in the in his last outing when they finally did. The, he's only had one outing since the stop of the sticky stuff, and in his last outing, well, he, technically, I was told by Major League Baseball people today, our Major League Baseball people in, at ESPN, that it was June third that they were that they have removed that, even though it was publicized on June 9th, June third was when the edict came down. Well, okay, so even since then, he's given up. He's got. Eight, 10 strikeouts, eight, eight, seven, five. Um, he's barely he's giving up three to five hits a game. I mean, he gives up but the he's long ball. Up runs. He because he gives up the long ball. They're all solo home runs, like the thing that Clayton Kershaw used to have issues with, but and kind of still does. I but, was going to say <laughs> <laughs> he kind of still does. But Kershaw or Bauer gives up solo home runs. He gives up home runs, and he's done that even with or without sticky stuff. He is one of the leaders in all of Major League Baseball in giving up home runs, and that hasn't changed just because of the. the with or without the sticky stuff. So he gets you out or he gives up a home run. Well, he's given up 10 runs in four starts. So that that is not necessarily equal to what he had been doing previous to that. Well, against the Diamondbacks, he went seven with no runs, eight, eight strikeouts. He gave up five hits, three runs. All three of those were home runs against the Padres. Right, but Atlanta, Texas, and San Diego were not that. Well, no, that's the Padres. The Padres, they gave up three, he yeah. gave up three home runs. It was three runs. And there were three solo home runs. And he had 10 Look, Ks in that. I'm just what, saying, he's basically this, you, you know who he is. And I Cap, I'm going to agree with you here. You you know who he is. This is who he absolutely is. And at, for two years, the amount of money that he's getting, like, fine. I don't know if we can trust him as the number one starter, but that's what Walker Bueller's for. So I just think that he's a guy that is going to give up runs via the home run. And if he doesn't, he's still going to strike out a ton of guys. And he's going to go six, seven innings every single time out. I will tell you guys that as the Giants and the Dodgers get set tonight to start a very quick two-game series, and with the Giants surprisingly still in first place, the whole season is going to change, I believe, in the next, like, 30 days. And here's what I mean. The Giants will play, um, and this is in the next, call it, let's say, 50 games. The Giants are going to play 29 teams with sub-500 records. The Dodgers are going to play 34 games against teams with sub-500 records, and the Padres are going to play 44. Now, I know I'm getting very mathy here, and I'm not a numbers guy. No, but those are good Those are good stats. What I'm trying to tell you is 
The Padres' schedule is about to get real easy. The Dodgers' schedule is about to get easier. And the Giants' schedule is about to get a whole lot more difficult. So Mm -hmm. this whole thing can turn here and call it the next 30 to 40 games or so, which I guess stands to reason because we're getting to the All-Star break and then you know the, the season gets gets really real at that point. But the Giants' schedule is going to be a lot harder. The Dodgers' schedule is going to be a bit easier, and the Padres' schedule is going to be a whole lot easier. 44 games against teams with sub-500 records for San Diego. It's going to be fascinating to see because they're the three best teams in the National League. Like, I don't even think it's debatable, to be honest with you. I know the Cubs have played better over the last month or two. Um, you know, the NL East is a disaster. So, um, But, yeah, I, I, they're the three best teams to me. And they should all make the playoffs, in my estimation. Like, I, you know, I, I think that the winner, obviously the winner division gets there, but the two wildcard teams should come out of that division too. But, I, I look, in regards to the pitching, I'll say this. I don't think it's things that they can't adjust to, but I will say this, and this was kind of be my ultimate point beyond just the Dodgers part of it, is that Major League Baseball has made pitchers the sacrificial lambs because they told these guys, you can bend the rules as long as we allow you to bend these rules, and then they changed how they're allowed to bend the rules midstream, which isn't cool. That is the... The bigger culprit here is Major League Baseball for doing it to them because they just realized, oh, crap, offense is down. We need offense sells, and the NFL and NBA and all these other sports have changed their rules to make offense sell and sing more, and Major League Baseball was going backwards, so they decided to pull the rug on the pitchers and make them the sacrificial lamb. Can they adjust? We'll see. I, I mean, I, I want to wait and see, and see how it works. Do you guys know that the Dodgers – so far this year, through 40 games against teams with winning records, the Dodgers are 18 and 22. Against teams with sub 500 records, the Dodgers are 29 and 9. So listen, real quickly, because I'm not really a stats guy, but I'm throwing a lot of numbers at you. Um, the Dodgers have played very well against teams that don't have good records, and teams with winning records, they've actually played under 500. Whereas the Giants have played their 20 and 13 against winning teams, they're 30 and 14 against really bad teams. And for San Diego, they're 26 and 23 against teams with winning records and 21 and 10 against teams without winning records. So, I'm, I'm, again, I'm sure I lost everybody in the numbers. No, suffice no, it, I, it, you could just say they're, yeah, whatever. Suffice yeah, it to say, the Dodgers need to play better and win more games when they're playing against teams with winning records. And the next two games against San Francisco could turn everything. You know? I mean, it really could because I think San Francisco has surprised most people. I don't think most of us thought the Giants were going to be here at this point. We thought it was going to be a two-team race. It's turned into a three-team race. So, to your point, and LZ, you and I talked about this last week while Cap was out. Like, we keep saying, oh, it's just May. Oh, it's just June. I ain't go- it's going to be July this week, LZ. And it I know is. you said it was later this week. It's still this week, though. It is. It is. I'm not concerned. Okay. Not, not yet. Okay. N- not yet. I mean, they're one of the best teams in baseball. They are. True. Through all the struggles, the multiple you know injuries to key players, the the disappointing uh, performances of Kenley, the um, question marks of sticky stuff, the uh, you know whatever obstacles that we've already dealt with, we still have what a top five record in baseball. They do, and as I mentioned, they're the I think that well record wise they're the second best team in the National League. So. And on top of that, I do believe. Their run scored keeps them in the top five in all of baseball, and the runs that are scored against them, 
despite yeah, they, us talking about the pitching woes, they're still top five in terms of runs scored against them. Yeah, they have um, their differential is one hundred three, which is actually yeah. better than uh, the Anyone Giants, the and National it's only League. second to the Astros. Houston overall. Astros, yeah. right? At which, by the way, too, I think it is or something like. Which, that. by the way, if you're the Houston Astros, don't you feel like idiots for cheating? Like you, you're you have a good team. Now I'm, I'm going to give all the credit to Dusty Baker. I'm just saying they have a good team. They should have never cheated. It was stupid. They they didn't need that edge. That was really uh, dumb. Listen, David Justice cheated on Halle Berry, man. People cheat. Don't make sense. <laughs> happens. This is some really serious analytical baseball talk. A lot of numbers no, that was good. being thrown out here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Greg is salivating hearing all of this. Greg, you must love this, right? I mean, I love baseball talk. Com. Right there. I mean, yeah. sometimes numbers go a little bit over my head, but I love I love I mean, baseball. Talk. Over, I mean, how many get wins and losses they have against winning teams? Yeah, it's just when there's a bunch really of numbers over. being thrown out at one time, just they kind of just mesh. Well, together. you know what, Kaplan? It, it, you know, you know, what you could have done. You could have just said, Team X is X games above 500. The other against winning teams, et cetera, et cetera. You could have done that. Maybe lessen the number input. Yeah, I probably could have, but somehow, some way, for some reason, I I did some research. And yeah. came up with all these crazy numbers and really wanted to show off like I... Good know, job. You did yeah, the research. Thanks. They yeah, were good numbers. Out. All right. Can good I numbers. sneak in a couple calls on people who have um, um, song lyrics? Can I, two can tops. I all right. Two tops. All, all right. right Corey please. and Silmar. Listen to him. Corey. Corey. You're messing up our sneaking Corey's thing. gone. Gelato Drew, line seven. Gelato Drew in L.A. He dropped. Ian in L.A., line nine. Oh. Guys, hey. so, uh, yeah, when I was a kid, I used to think that, uh, you know, Rolling Stones, Beast of Burden, I thought it said, Feats are Burning. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I could totally see that, though. I could totally <laughs> yeah. see that. Yeah. And, and by the and, way. Uh, a more recent one, uh, I, the, uh, I think it's Pharrell, the, the Get Lucky song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I swear, like, once, once you hear it, like, you can't unhear it. Uh, I thought it said Mexican Lucky. <laughs> you were up all night to get Mexican Lucky? Yeah. <laughs> we were up all Mexican Lucky. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense, but that's funny. Uh, I, yeah, thank you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, thank by, by the way, guys, apparently yeah. Tina Marie has Portuguese in her heritage. <laughs> okay. So Portuguese love makes more sense now. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, let, we will. Uh, we got more open phone lines. A lot of people dropped. If you want to sneak in your uh, song lyric that you always screwed up, 877-710-ESPN. We'll do that on the other side. And Scotty Pippen is on a rampage now. He is calling everybody out. I ain't mad at you, Scotty. But you, I'm a little mad. You are a little mad? Okay, LZ's a little mad at Scotty. We'll find out on the other side. We're back in two minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Sedano Z Cap with you here on 710 ESPN. Coming up next at 6.30, everyone's favorite game. It's our most listened to segment, highest rated segment on the show. Big deal or no deal. So make sure you get that coming or get that going with us here in a few minutes. 
We're taking more of your calls on uh, we stumbled upon song lyrics that you screw up. So people have been chiming in with some really funny ones and some really good ones. You even had a husband and wife uh, couple uh, argue over the phone about it. Uh, so that was fun. A uh, couple of other things. We got an anniversary today. It is the 25-year anniversary of the Nutty Professor, LZ Granderson. Mm-hmm. Is this kind of the demarcation of where we hit, we hit a rough patch for Eddie? After the Nutty Professor. After the Nutty Professor. Yes. Because the Nutty Professor was great. Right, right. But after that, we kind of – is that so, the, demar- the line of demarcation for the rough patch? I don't know because he got his Oscar nomination after the Nutty Professor. Mm. Okay. So how do you feel about Oscars? He did, and that was for uh, Dream Girls, right? Correct. So if you get an Oscar nominations after the Nutty Professor, can you really say your post-Nutty Professor career has been disappointing? I guess that's fair. I'm trying to see how many other movies. Now, the uh, sequels, you know, we can talk about that. Yeah, there was two, a rough stretch nuttier. there, though. Right, because you had, after the Nutty Professor, you had Metro. Mm. I don't remember that. Mm, you shouldn't. Yeah. Um, Mulan. He was Mushu he was in Mulan. Excellent. Yeah, but I mean, I'm talking about like a, a a non-animated film. Right. Well, but then there was Shrek after that, right? Right. There. The, it, what happened was there started to be more, I guess, misses. Right? Is that fair to say? Maybe not a a, a dry spell, but more misses than we were used to. I would say that. Yeah, because yeah. you had Metro, Mulan, Doctor Doolittle, Holy Man, which was not good. Not good, but life uh, was amazing. Life was excellent. Right. Bowfinger, Bowfinger was pretty good. Really smart. But Nutty then the Nutty Professor too. sequels and Doctor Doolittle sequels came coming. Yeah, the sequels were problematic. Yeah. The but then Shrek popped great. up. Yeah. Right. So instead of having a like, he had an insane run of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Like ten. You talking straight, early though? You talking yeah, like Forty Eight Hours, Beverly hit, Hills Cop, Trading Places, those kinds yeah. of movies? His yeah. first ten movies hit the ball out of the park every time. So I, did we just have unrealistic expectations after that? I think we took him for granted. Okay. We took his genius for granted. That's what happened. Okay. I think Eddie stopped playing Eddie. Now, listen, I'm telling you right now, I was the biggest Eddie Murphy fan. I knew every single word to Raw and Delirious. I used to sleep with it by my head so I could, I could hear it while I was sleeping. I knew every word. Movies like Beverly Hills Cop, 48 Hours, Trading Places, these were, this was Eddie coming out of SNL and still just being Ed. Right. You know? And, um, and then things, you say, started to turn. You know, he started playing multiple characters in films and then started to play, you know, more animated roles. I, so when you ask the question, is that where it turned? I don't know, man. I mean, Eddie Murphy is, is like, I don't know, what are we talking, like $7 billion in films over the, over the course of his career? Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I, I'll watch anything with Eddie Murphy. You guys mentioned a couple that were that were kind of downers, but all in all, man, I love yeah. Eddie Murphy. LZ, what about Vampire in Brooklyn? I mean, he got Wes Craven to direct that. That's a real horror director. It is. Listen, no one bats a thousand. You know, in baseball, you can make the Hall of Fame and not even bat three hundred. Yeah, yeah. Vampire in Brooklyn. That's when I felt like Ed. What are you doing, man? Well, <laughs> that was the was, first one. That, that was, was the first time I said, Ed, what are you doing, man? <laughs> but, you, but you know what, though? What I like about Ed D. Murphy yeah. was his fearlessness. He was fearless. Is. He still is fearless. Yeah, yeah is, yes, yes. He still is fearless. And I hear what you're saying, Cap. You liked Eddie doing a certain kind of thing. But I love the fact that Eddie says, you know what? Let's see what else I can do. Right. That's the point. Yeah, yeah. And so well, I appreciated the fact that he pushed himself. 
and try different things. That's how he got that Oscar nomination. That's why he started showing more of a dramatic flair because you're like going, mm-hmm. oh, you're really talented. Mm-hmm. You're not just a bit. Right. You're a genius. In yes. those early movies, in the early 80s, 48 Hours, Beverly Hills Cop, Trading Places, those movies, which one did you guys like the most of the of those series? Like for me. The first ones? Yeah, um, like, Beverly Hills Cop, the first two were great, I thought. How about 48 Hours? Anybody like 48 Hours? Nick I, I do, and I liked another 48 Hours, too. I thought that one was excellent, too. I, I just like Beverly Hills Cop 1 and 2 better. Beverly Hills Cop, Mumford High. Yeah. Great movies. That same crappy blue Chevy Nova. Man, yeah. all this stuff happened last time I was here. Did you like him better in Beverly Hills Cop or another 48 Hours? Or I mean 48 Hours, the sequel and the original. I thought 48 Hours was a was a more unique film. Yeah. And his character, Reggie, was a more unique character. Reggie So Hammond. I tend to like that. You know, the Beverly Hills Cop, at the end of the day, is just another buddy cop movie. Right. <laughs> but 48 Hours was actually commentary, yeah. brilliantly woven into this hilarious script. Yeah. Um, that, but Banana and the Tailpipe in Beverly Hills Cop Dude. became a thing. Yeah, but there's a new sheriff in town, and his name is Reggie Hammond. I mean, right, that, Ed, that's Reggie Hammond. an all-timer. Yeah. yeah. And the Not sequel exactly was the good, too, I thought. The, the sequel was good. Yeah. Yeah, another 48 Hours was good. Um, all right, so Scotty Pippen, mm. we talked about this last week, Cap, while you were gone. So Scotty Pippen took out Ben Simmons. He took out Kevin Durant. And now he did an interview with Dan Patrick, which it's a long piece of audio. We, I don't even know if we have the rights, so I, I don't want to play it. But I'm just going to surmise, okay, what transpired here. And, um, Elsie, please correct me, or Scott, please correct me if, if I am misinterpreting. Um, so Dan Patrick had Scotty on. Scotty has a book coming out. And in that conversation, they were talking about the relationship with Phil Jackson, particularly the shot everyone talks about, uh, which is when Michael was gone and Kukoc got the shot drawn up for him. Scotty felt that was disrespectful, um, and he implied initially that it was a racial move. And then Dan Patrick followed up by saying, by saying it was a racial move, then you're calling Phil Jackson a racist. And Scotty responded by saying, I don't have a problem with that. And Dan said, do you think Phil was? And he said, oh, yeah. Um, and then went on to just kind of say, hey, look, I was in there in that locker room. I know what, I'm, what, I'm, what I felt and what I'm saying. Um, LZ, like... Look, I, I know Scotty. I like Scotty. Um, I, I, I don't know Phil at now? all, right? <laughs> I don't know Phil at all. But I, the one thing I know about Phil that set me off was his comments about LeBron and, and Rich and Maverick and those guys many moons ago. But what do you make of all of this? Well, first of all, the Clippers are up 18-5 in Phoenix. All oh, right. cool. Plus so, six, still working. There you go. So... Um, I don't know what Scotty's doing. I'm going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. You know, we've never had like a long conversation, just very, very brief exchanges, interviews for work, but I don't know him, right? Mm-hmm. And similarly with Phil, scrum interactions, I don't know him. So all I know are your works. That's all I have to go on are your mm-hmm. works. Mm-hmm. And Scotty has been a very inconsistent sounding board about a lot of things throughout the course of his post-playing career. One minute, LeBron's the greatest, then it's back to Michael. You know, and, and it's like, I don't know what trips, tricks him into 
moving back and forth on a lot of different things. But I think Phil Jackson loved the hell out of Scottie Pippen as a player. And it just seems to me that if you do a whole documentary on the Bulls run, and essentially that's what the last dance was, and you're in the documentary, right? And that moment comes up, I would have thought you would have said something then. Not when you're trying to sell your book. There you go. So based upon the fact that there is a timeline concern that I have with this and your tendency to kind of go this way and then that way and then this way on some things that are actually within your ecosystem. Like you play with Michael. Is he the best or not? But you keep moving around with it depending upon, you know, how you feel that week. I'm just going to assume he's throwing anything out there to try to drum up interest in his book. Yes, I agree. I think that when I watched this interview today with Dan Patrick and Scottie Pippen, not only was he promoting a book, but he was also promoting, somebody check me on this, a whiskey or... Yeah, yeah it whiskey, was in the front of the screen. prominently shown. <laughs> right, yes. right. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I'm setting up my scene here so that when I do this interview... I can talk about my book, but I can actually have product placement right here, and I can show everybody my whiskey brand. And when here's the thing. When, when Pete Rose, I'm going to use a little history here. When Pete Rose continued to lie that he never bet on baseball, when did he finally decide it was time to admit that he bet on baseball? When he was going to promote a book. Right. Uh, Lance Armstrong always told everybody, I never cheated, I never doped, I never did any of these things that I'm accused of. But when it was time to write a book, that was when it was time to come clean. For me, Scottie Pippen is saying outlandish things. By the way, I say outlandish. I mean, he's saying things that create stir, um, create buzz. He's saying these things because, one, I got a book to sell, and two, I got an alcohol brand or a whiskey brand or whatever that I want to sell. So I'm going to go on any show that I can get on, and I'm going to say as many things as I can to create a buzz because I'm trying to sell two products here. And real quick before we wrap up, my just thoughts on his, and, and you guys will all remember this. Scotty didn't love his portrayal in that documentary after the fact. Like he, uh, he made, he was very vocal about that. So to your point, LZ, um, you know maybe that plays uh, a role in it because he, he, he didn't say certain things. I mean, you could tell he was a little annoyed when he during the documentary, but certainly mm-hmm. after the fact when the noise was surrounding it because so many people were watching. Um, I think he became even more uh, bothered by the way he was portrayed. But right. anyway. and, and just real quick, too, Kukoc is a better shooter than Scottie Pippen. He was. <laughs> like, yes. Yes. Like, there is that part, too. Right. You know, uh, if, I I, were, if I were the number two to Michael Jordan and I made a lot of money and I know he didn't quite make the money he maybe was worth, that was well documented. Um, but if I were his number two and I won a whole bunch of rings and I'm a, you know considered an all-time great, I could live with all of that. I don't know where he, he seems to have like an anger about the way he's perceived. Did you see yeah. the documentary? I yeah, did. I mean, he wasn't it wasn't flattering all the time. Yeah, no, I got that. it. I yeah, got it. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. like for me, I feel like I could I could live a happy life thereafter. He still okay. seems so pissed. Yeah. All right. Listen, we'll we can discuss this a, a little bit if you want on the other side. We have the. Segment everyone loves to listen to, Big Deal or No Deal, highest-rated segment on the show. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, let's go. This is big deal, no deal. Thanks a lot, Chris. Uh, Kaplan, you there? Hey, Greg, you okay, What's man? up, buddy? Yeah, right, I was, I'm here. Sorry, I, I was putting the novella on for my mom. Um, <laughs> okay, you want so to anyway, Love that. Speaking that going, of big deals, it's a big deal for you to call the right attorney, my friends, Sam and Ash, at Sam and Ash Injury Law, who I just spoke about. You, If you're injured in an accident, call them mm. at 800-304-2000. That's 800-304-2000 because you deserve what's right. All right, Greg, go ahead. All right, Cap, let's start with you today. Uh, yes, a tweet from 2017 from Damian Lillard made its rounds yesterday. Someone asked him if he had the opportunity to sign with any team other than the Blazers. What would what would the team... Let me stop for a second. You okay here. today, Greg? Yeah. Everything all right? Yeah. All right, yeah. Go ahead. Just start no. again. What would the team be? And his response was, if the Blazers said they didn't want me, Utah Jazz or Lakers. Is this a big deal or no deal? All right, who said this real quick? Damian Lillard. Is, this is a tweet from 2017 from Damian Lillard. Someone asked him what other team he would play for besides the Blazers, and he said, if the Blazers didn't want me, the Utah Jazz or the Lakers. Huh, the Jazz. I know, weird. Right. So is this a big deal or no deal? I'm going to say no deal. It's 2017. It's four years after the fact. So um, I just don't think that it's any kind of a big deal four years later. By the way, I hate when people do that. They, I hate that whole notion of, this didn't age well. So, okay, so I had a strong opinion about something in 2017. 2021 came around and things changed a little bit. And people bring back your tweets and they go, this didn't age well. That is so dumb. That's exactly what the Founding Fathers are saying right now. It is? <laughs> about tweets? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'll say this, though. You're right. Circumstances change. Things change. And you get, your opinion can evolve. I agree. I, I, I do think that that is, uh, that is funny. Um, I, so did we post this? Oh, we posted it for engagement, of course. Yes. Um, it, 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 I don't think it's a big deal. Uh, if you're asking me. And we can get into the Dame stuff. Do you want to do it right now, or do you want to just save it for the next segment? Let's do the next segment. Okay. Uh, but I don't so think it's a big deal. I, I think that what you answer, you know, in 2017 isn't necessarily how you feel to Scott's point in 2021. So I'll say uh, no deal. No deal. I would say that it's a big deal in the sense that in 2017, LeBron was in Cleveland. And... Perhaps his desire to always be the guy to get a team to a championship is still intact. Mm -hmm. So while he may want to be interested in being traded away from Portland to get a different situation, does this mean he wants to be paired up with LeBron James and and AD? Or does he still want to be the guy that gets a a woebegone franchise back to the mountaintop because remember where the Lakers were in 2017 when he said it correct they were Brandon Ingram Kyle Kuzma Lonzo <laughs> exactly. Ball exactly right. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so I say it's a big deal because they may perhaps give you a glimpse into his mentality now he may have evolved and may not be there anymore but certainly in 2017 to pick two teams with no superstars is revealing yeah that's an actual that's a great point all right on to the next one All right, LZ. Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow is the end of the character in Marvel. It's, I can't write today. What is wrong with can't me? Talk it sounds like you can't read. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah, it's the reading part. You still got those hats on the wall, by the way? Or no, no. I took, I took those down, but right. apparently... All right, well, Scar- Scarlett Johansson is in Black Widow. It's coming out, and that's going to be the end of her character in Marvel. Jo- I mean, spoiler alert! No, she's, she died in Endgame. Yeah. 
No, I know. I'm joking. Okay. <laughs> and Johansson says it's bittersweet to say goodbye to the characters he's played since 2010 in Iron Man 2. Is the end of this iteration of Black Widow a big deal or no deal? It's a big deal. It's a big deal. This was more than just a franchise. They reshaped movies. They reshaped what was possible for these comic book films. They reshaped a lot, and she's a big part of it. She's a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, she's just a really good actress. You, she she was nominated for two Oscars in the same year. Yeah. So I say it's a big deal because it's the end of an era that changed movie making forever. Um. Yeah. I, look, I think it's a big deal. To Elsie's point, she's a great actress uh, who played, you know, a long-standing character in this series of movies. Like the fact that it's going to be over. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's a big deal. I think that you couple all those things together. I. I would agree. You guys know where I'm going with this. I'm going to go with no deal. Right. Because I got no exposure, and right. I know that I'm the only one on the show. But I'm not the only one listening. But I don't know what, LZ, you're talking about, about changing movie history. I mean, I didn't know that it was this big. So for me, and this is just for me, I'm going no deal. What's your favorite Johansson movie then? Do you have one? You want to give me a list of them and then I'll pick one? I mean, good Lord, man. I mean, The Horse Whisperer, maybe. Um, Ghost World, way back when. So Uh, I've got one. I've got one that is a small artsy film. LZ, can you guess it? Small artsy film? Is it recent? No, I would say well over a decade now. Ooh. Boy, is it I don't know North? What, this could be. what is it? Vicky Cristina Barcelona. That was really sneaky good. It's a really good sneaky movie. Sneaky good. Really good movie. It's a Woody high? Allen flick, and it is really, really good. Really good. Oh, that's really, really good. That really is a good. Really good. Kaplan, if you want. Actually, Kaplan, you would like this movie, I think. Um, it's after 80 something. Javier Bardem, <laughs> Penelope Cruz, Scarlett Johansson. Penelope Cruz, that's what it was. Penelope yeah. There, it, 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 go watch that movie, Captain. Vicky Find Christina that movie. Barcelona. Find that movie okay. on a streaming service somewhere okay. and watch it. You, Laura, have you seen that movie before? I have not. Oh, it's worth, it's a good movie. Like, it good. is a legit, it won like Khan, I believe. Like, it's a good, good movie. It's a good movie. Put it on my list. Okay, I'm telling you, there, there's some interesting stuff going on in that movie. Elsie, is that a good way to describe it? Absolutely. Kind of yeah. interesting stuff. So, yeah. It's like a bizarre love triangle. Let's just call it that Ooh, way. But when okay. you have that many talented auteurs in one production, yeah. you should bat. You should score this kind of movie. Right. You've got three great actors, and you've got Woody Allen. Right. Yes, agreed. Who's problematic. Yes. Just want to make sure we all admit he's problematic. Yeah. He is we're not, problematic. We're but not we're, trying to gloss over it. We're separating the artist and yes. the art here for a moment. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, by the way, Michael Jackson, leave us alone. The character uh, that Javier Bardem plays, Juan Antonio. That's like the most. <laughs> it is the most cliched, but also uh, it does sound like if you're if you're Juan Antonio, shouldn't you be like you? You should be someone that looks like Javier Bardem. I think you should. You should. You know, my alter ego name is is Juan Carlos. Yes, right? I know. We yes, yes, this yes but I wasn't yeah. able to become Juan Antonio. So, so a little homework, Greg. You should watch it too. I mean, I think it would be you'd like yes. it too, but. Uh, but particularly for Kaplan and Laura, I think. Vicky, Cristina, Barcelona. Anyway, okay. next. Mm-hmm. What's next? All right, this is for you, Sedano. But LZ, I'm going to have to ask you to help me, please, with the pronunciations of mm. these names. 
Francis Tifu? Tifo? TFO. 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 And he is not silent. Okay, TFO. I don't, I don't know why I did that. Anyway, TFO defeated and fourth rank. Stephanos Tsitsipas. 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 T is actually signed. Okay. Tsitsipas in the first round at Wimbledon. Is this a big deal or no deal? And thank you for the help on the news. First of all, huge deal. Number one, we got American men winning again, okay, at Wimbledon. Number two, we got a brother who's an American man winning again. And number three, he beat someone in the top five at Tsitsipas. So that is all a huge deal. I, I'm going to agree with that. Just, I, I was reading about it earlier today. I watched it. It, it yeah, was great. I'm trying to remember what I had read earlier about the number of years that it had been when someone who was ranked in, let's say, the 60s actually beat somebody who's a top five player at an event like Wimbledon. So just on the sporting part of it alone, take out all the cultural part of it, American man, African-American guy, all of that kind of stuff. Take Just, just a player in the 60s, beating a player in the top five at Wimbledon makes it a big deal. LZ, correct me if I'm wrong, because mm-hmm. this is your sport. Like, He's kind of like a little bit of a giant killer, isn't he? Um, He's beaten some he... guys in the top ten pretty recently, no? Well, he's supposed to be a guy in the top ten. Ah. So when you say it's a huge deal, I go, it's a huge deal for him personally. Mm-hmm. But is it a huge deal that someone who's never won a major lost in the first round of a major to someone who's never won in a major? No, okay. it's not. But Francis has been coming for a long time. I did a story on Francis coming like six or seven years ago, mm. and we still waiting. So, Come on, man. This is his so, time. So, we here. So I'm happy for him. He just won, I believe, Eastbourne right before Wimbledon started. So he's won a recent grass court tournament. So he's feeling good about himself. Sissy Paz just played in the French Open final yeah. against Djokovic in five grueling sets. Right. So he probably came in a little bit tired. Not to take anything away from either one of the players, but in the large scheme of things, this is a first-round matchup against two guys who have never won a major tournament. Okay. By the way, super happy today that we're getting in a little bit of tennis here, which I know is LZ's passion, and we got in some cycling, some Tour de France, which is one of my great passions. So, you know, sports that are not necessarily football, basketball, baseball, soccer, hockey, I think this is cool, man. Yeah, I'm looking to see who else he has in his draw here. Now, he is on the side of the bracket with, with, with Joker, um, but way down the road, potentially. I'm trying to see who else he's in the bracket with here. Just to... By the way, watching that match today, the tennis courts at Wimbledon were pristine because it's still yes. early. You know, they're not all beat up and ugly yeah, yeah. and gross, yeah. you know, and brown. Yeah. You know, they, they're really nice and green and well manicured. Yeah. And by the way, shout out to Andy Murray who won today. I did watch that. That's a big, that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Because of a what lot he means to the sport yeah. and what he's yeah. been through. I mean, right. And then, you know, winning Wimbledon as a British guy. I mean, there you go. Uh, yeah. All right. Next. Do we have one? We got time for one more, Greg, or no? Sure. All right, on to the next one. All right, Cap. AEG owner and part of the Lakers, Philip Anschutz, has agreed to sell his shares with the Lakers to Dodgers owners Mark Walters and Todd Bowley. Mm-hmm. Anschutz has has right of first refusal if there was ever a sale of the team. They don't know whether or not that would change over in the sale. Is this a big deal or no deal? I think it's a big deal because anytime you have a crown jewel franchise sell a percentage I think that in and of itself is a big deal. 
keep going with the story, which is it's the Lakers and it's the guys who own the Dodgers who are actually putting in the money and becoming part owners of the Lakers. So now where it becomes a much bigger deal is down the line, and that will be a question mark of will the Dodgers and the Lakers eventually become like this powerhouse tag team where from a content perspective – you're getting them in the same place. Because I know a lot of fans out there who've had problems with their cable systems and whatever don't get certain games, and it's not just in L.A., it's all over the country that these things happen. But if you put the Lakers and the Dodgers ownership together and the two of them become a content machine, it becomes a much bigger deal. So I'm going right now, just as it is, it's a big deal. Well, it is a big deal because more of a quarter of the team is exchanging hands here. And to your point, the partnership between the two biggest franchises in the city, uh, yeah, and all the possibilities beyond that, I think, are big. So big deal. Yes. Yep, I would agree. All right. That is Big Deal or No Deal, brought to you by our friends at Sam and Ash Injury Law. It's a big deal for you to call the right attorney when you're injured in an accident. Call Sam and Ash at 800-304-2000. That's 800-304-2000 because you deserve what's right. All right. We got a one-minute break, 60 seconds, okay? We're going to get into this Dame stuff. Also, there is a great petty boyfriend-girlfriend story I want to pass your way. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Oh, yeah. Final segment of the show today. Mm. Clippers up by 14 Mm. points at the moment here in the second quarter, early in the second quarter. But the big news in the NBA, I'll get to in a second, is the Damian Lillard stuff that Chris Haynes dropped right in everybody's lap. Uh, But... Before that, I found a story today <laughs> that I thought was really, really funny. It was basically a story about a boyfriend and girlfriend. And this guy emailed his girlfriend a detailed summary of their argument. So basically, he kept like a journal of their relationship, but sent to her the arguments. Um, now... She thought it was sweet because he believes it is a the they believe that it is the ability to kind of resort through their feelings to be able to look back on whatever their issues are and then you know I guess fix whatever those issues were after everyone has kind of settled down a little bit. Now look, you are also allowing one person to interpret it in a certain way, but I guess that's what the back and forth is later for. Now is that petty LZ or is that smart? Is she mad? She doesn't seem to be mad according to this story. Then she's then it's smart. Okay. If she was mad, then it's petty. If she <laughs> thought it was great, then it's smart. How would how would Steve react to that? Because um, uh, you know, I I know Kelly would not react great to that. Oh my! He would be so impressed that I kept that kind of detail. He probably actually think, oh my gosh, all this time I thought you were flighty, but you really are detail oriented. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> he's the he's the spreadsheet, right? Knows where every penny's going, blah blah mm-hmm. blah. I'm the one that's like going, you know. I think we should paint the house purple this week. I'm mm. really feeling that. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, that's our relationship. So, Kaplan? 
So the the guy wrote down the details of all of their arguments and fighting. They've had four big arguments, and he uh, he he wrote the details in his interpretation. And she thought it was sweet that he gave it to her to work the, work through those arguments. Oh man, I don't know. I don't think I'd I'd find it sweet. You know, I'd be like, really, you're keeping notes on everything that we're arguing about, or because listen, I don't even like it when like example, my ex-wife. She would always use my words against me. In other words, every time I said something, she was like, that's it. It's in stone. I'm like, no, we're having a conversation and we're talking about things. It's in just, stone. Cause, just because I said it doesn't mean that it's a legal contract. No, no, yeah. no. You said that this is what's going to happen. This is what we're going to do. So that's what has to happen. I'm like, stop. Time out. Things have changed. Circumstances are a little bit different. Like, you don't have to hold everybody to their word, like, all the time, 100%. It was a conversation. So for me, if somebody were writing down like every last detail and then using it, you said back on June 30th, you said this. Th I'd be like, oh, my God, you're driving me crazy. I'd run for the hills. All right. So, Laura, you, you said something funny while he was talking. I just loved his voice inflection when he was mimicking his wife. His ex-wife. Ex oh, yeah. sorry. Your yeah, ex-wife. got to Yeah, yeah. Ex-wife. Sorry, Rachel. <laughs> ex-wife. And yeah. I always find it funny how when we speak about our significant, our ex significant others, we make them sound so nasty, naggy, like right. nah, 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 nah. you know <laughs> what I mean. Right. <laughs> That's, That's why they're true. Ex. It's like, That's right. Yeah. It's all right I thought that was funny. Laura, what did you make of, of this? Is it a, a a good tool to work through? Like for you, would it be a good tool, or would it be something that would annoy you? That would you would feel was petty. I think for me, if it was a current partner and we're trying to make things work, it's it. I mean, I, I study psych, so it is a tool to do that. So you say you think it's useful if you're still in the relationship. If you're right. not, if yeah. that's like your ex and you're like, yo, work on this for the next <laughs> one. It's like, what the bye. It's like a homework assignment. Yeah. Like, yeah. why? Why are you still talking to me? <laughs> yeah. You know By the way, Suns on a 12 0 run. It's a two point game now. Clippers up to seven minutes to go. Uh, oh, but wow. so you you like it. You like it if you're in the relationship. OK. Yeah. And if you're trying to work that relationship and work, Correct. you know, we all have issues. We all come with baggage. Yeah. And a lot of us speaking for my community, you know, men in, in our communities, they don't really speak out about certain things or what? Yeah. Like the guys that I'm I did. It, that, oh, OK. I was like, <laughs> I was like, wait, what do you mean? So for me, I think it's it's useful if it's coming from a good place, you know, if right. you're kind of saying, yo, this is all the things you need to work on mm -hmm. and you're not receptive to what you as a person need to work yeah. on, there's a problem. Mm -hmm. I will Greg. simply say, Laura, that uh, that issue of men not communicating is not unique. Oh, I know. <laughs> but I can't speak for everybody else's community. Right, right. I can only speak for I've mine. dated everybody else's community. That stuff <laughs> you're talking about happens everywhere. Okay. Uh, Gregory, uh, I think it's helpful, but why do I gotta believe that that what they wrote down is true? Well, but that is the oh, yeah, you opened up the dialogue at that point, you right? Know okay, because then yeah, that's I mean, if it's just going off of what is written down, I don't know if I believe all everything that happens because people remember things differently. The skeptic, the yeah. skeptic, yeah. Bergman. Yes. What? Um, <laughs> <laughs> what was that? I didn't, I didn't understand those last couple I words. I, no, I, mean, I don't know what you said. Yeah. I don't know mm -hmm. what you're talking about. But yeah, it's helpful. Listen, this sounds like, and I can speak from personal experience because we've walked through this. This sounds like an exercise from marriage counseling or relationship counseling or some form of counseling. 
Yeah. Where you write things mm-hmm. down in order yeah. to help facilitate a conversation. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is also why she liked it because he's actually utilizing some of the things that they've they've talked about or worked on. Now, we could discuss this further tomorrow, but do you think Dame is writing things down as to he tries to figure out his future after Chris Haynes reports that he may be looking for a, a way out of Portland? Well, was that report before Chauncey was hired? Uh, post. So after Chauncey was hired, he was like, I'm out. I mean, it wasn't official, but he had to know that Chauncey was being hired at that point. Well, don't you think he had an opinion about Chauncey's hiring? Uh, my understanding was that he wanted Jay Kidd, but that he was okay with Chauncey and he spoke to Chauncey. But I, I think this is more than just Chauncey. Well, isn't there a story, though, about how um, Chauncey back in the late 90s had an accusation and, and now people are yep. coming back to Dame and they're well, saying... Well, people are coming at Dame saying right. that he should have he stepped in and his thing is low. That's Chauncey's and the uh, team's thing to deal with, not me. And so he, he apparently was turned off by the fans' reactions yeah. uh, to that. Right. And putting it on, uh, bestowing it upon his feet. I just think that's so unfair. It I agree. Just, it is so unfair. It's unfair to Chauncey. Yeah. It's unfair to Dame. It's unfair to this process. Because you're right, Cap. Both he and J. Kidd both have accusations and just and I would say improprieties, if you will, in Jason Kidd's part in terms of their relationships. You know, there was domestic violence involved when you talk about Jason Kidd and, and the years ago. And he paid a price for it. He was held accountable for it. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem coming for people who aren't held accountable, but after you've been held accountable, when do we let you come back into society? Right. That That's my question as well. And for those that don't know, Chauncey Billups, uh, it was 1997. So Chauncey was probably, what, 19, 20 years old or whatever it was. Not that, not that I'm using that as an excuse. I'm just giving you context. Uh, he was playing for the Celtics, and him and Ron Mercer were alleged, according to this report, were at Antoine Walker's home in Boston, and an unidentified woman um, sued them uh, for Ron Mercer and Chauncey Billups for uh, allegedly... Um, uh, raping her um and no criminal charges were filed and the case was settled out of court and that was the situation with chauncey billups but but for dame to have seemingly supported chauncey billups as the next head coach of the blazers and then to have the fans come at him and say but 24 years ago he was involved in this how dare you support that and then for him to get bent out of shape like well now i'm upset because the fan base is coming after me it's like dude grow a thicker skin you know, I mean, I, I, that's Dame's my... you got thick skin, man. I wanted to do I, that. Well, you know I think, I'm saying, though, why get upset about it? You know? I, I think Dame has been looking for a reason to leave Portland. Well, there now that's a different story. I, that's me personally. That I mean, and, and I, I think it's just hard because you don't want to leave your, you know, that franchise because you've meant you everything to them. You've that one Rose restaurant over at the Kempton Hotel so many times, George. You know this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to run here. We can talk further, <laughs> further about this tomorrow. Excellent work, LZ. You too, brothers. Welcome back, Cap. Excellent work. Yeah, much love to all, man. Appreciate it. Great job, Greg and Laura. We will talk to you mañana at 3.55. Have a great rest of your night. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI 
to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.